Hello, Sober Town. Welcome to the wonderful, amazing world of sobriety. Let's get on that sober train and ride. I am this Mrs. Sarah Malloy. I'm here with Sky Nicholson. She is the author of Unexpected Alchemy, Poems of Addiction and Awakening. It's available on Amazon. Sky, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We are so glad to have you here in Sober Town. Um, I'm honored to interview you because there's so many exciting things about you that I can't wait to dig into in this episode. Um, the first of which is your book. You've just published a book called Unexpected Alchemy, The Poems of Addiction and Awakening. It's available on Amazon. Um, her name is Sky Nicholson. Unexpected Alchemy. Just type it right in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then the other thing is that you are a certified coach with Annie Grace. Yes, uh, certified this naked mind coach. Um, I started last year in March and I got my certification in September of 2021. So I just started my own um, sobriety recovery coaching business, but it has been like, it's like going full circle. So after finding my own sobriety journey or starting my own sobriety journey in 2018 okay. by reading the book, this naked mind. That was like the very first thing I did when I decided oh. I had to game, was pick up that book. Yeah. And, um, and then to be a part of her coaches just a few years later and like helping other women when they're at that pivotal moment where like the cognitive dissonance of knowing you need to change, but not quite figuring out how to make it happen. For sure. For sure. And then that brought you to, um, it opened up poetry for you and you were so full of inspiration that you put it down in a book and now it's published and it's available on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Let's I started start talking about that book. Yeah, definitely. So I started writing, um, a year into my sobriety, I started writing these stories. Okay. They were, some of them were poems and a lot of them were just stories and they were like old shame stories that came up. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, when you've been drinking, I, I was drinking, addicted, drinking, abusing, drinking for like 25 years of my sure. life. So uh -huh. well, they're pretty much all of my adult life. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, you got all these shame stories that some of them you think that that you dealt with them, but then they would just they started bubbling up. And um, I used to write a lot okay. in, my, in my past. And so I just I sat down at my computer one day and I started writing all these stories out. And um, a friend of mine was like, you know, you should put them out on a blog. So I thought, okay, well, I, you know, I don't necessarily know if I want people to know these things about me. Yeah. So I started putting them out publicly using a pseudonym. And, um, and then I started, uh, like the poetry started coming and the blog posts started coming and Wait, I just started amassing all this stuff. Can we go back? Where yes, were please. you putting them out under a, uh, under a pseudonym? Um, I have a blog called wakingupbrazzledazzle.com. Okay, cool. Wakingupbrazzledazzle.com. Yeah. So I know you like sparkles and I yeah. believe that we have this in common. I am a believer in unicorns uh -huh. and, uh, nobody can tell me that they're not real. Cause uh -huh. I, I know that they are. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I love everything like sparkly. And so the inspiration from that, this is kind of backtracking, but the inspiration from that came because I felt that sober 
the word sober wasn't describing the amazing experience of living that I was having once I got rid of alcohol. A thousand percent. Yeah. It wasn't like sober. It was sparkly and exciting. And so I coined the term, um, razzle dazzle. So instead of saying like, I've been sober for 700 days. I was like, I've been razzle dazzle for 700 days. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Somebody the other day said, I, I don't want to call it stone cold sober anymore. I think it should be called sunshine, warm, sober. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Because it's, we, we could talk all day about what sober sounds like and what fucking drinkers think yeah. sober is yeah. <laughs> and what it really is. But, um, yeah, he described it as pissing glitter. Yeah. It's walking on sunshine. So exactly. Yeah, it's like the happen. unicorns came back. So for me, like the unicorns resemble, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're like my childhood, right? Like the yeah. magic of just innocence and, and joy without any sort of substance. And so, when I found sobriety, sobriety, uh, yep. when I took alcohol out of the driver's seat of my life, let me put it that way. A thousand percent. Yep. Um, the unicorns came back and like, I cool. started feeling like, wow, life is exciting. Like all of this stuff is, you know, everything is magical again. Yes. And, um, you know, and the poetry came yeah. out of that. So the poetry is something that I used to write poetry when I was in high school. I mean, I was like kind of weird and goth. And so I would like stand yeah. up and, and write dark goth poetry, but yeah. it was a way for me to process the high school crap. For and sure. so <laughs> the poetry came back yeah. as a way for me to process all of my old shame and garbage from yeah. all yeah. of those years of drinking. Speaking of processing shame and garbage, like I do want to touch on the way you said that you started writing down old shame stories. Like you got sober, your authentic self started like arriving, you know, and real things. Mm -hmm. And so you decided to write down the old shame stories. Like, can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of them come up in like the middle of the night, which is that's how, you know, it's the somatic bodily shame. It's not like something I could sit down and think about writing so much as it's something that might wake me up in the middle of the night, like this old memory and words. So for me, because words are my medium, it like these phrases and words would start forming in my head, like almost in my sleep and wake me up. And then I would have to go and write it down. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Can I read something? Yeah, I would love it. I would love it. I love that you I just love that you would put it into words. You'd put it into writing and you would give it a life. And uh-huh. if you bring shame out into the light, it cannot live. Which yes, is- Brene Brown. Yes. <laughs> which is the hardest thing, but it's the way to the truth. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about when I started publishing on my blog, you know, there was still so much of me that was afraid. So I used the pseudonym and, um, I eventually got rid of the pseudonym because I realized that, you know what? Yeah, it's free. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about what I love about poetry and really any art is that you take something that was ugly and dark and painful. And through the process of, of writing the poem, I turned that into something beautiful. Yeah. And it's free and it's like a tool to free other people. So yeah, without further ado, share, give us an excerpt from your book, I can't stop. I'm just going to do it. It's called Unexpected Alchemy. It's poems of addiction and awakening. It's available on Amazon. Okay. So uh, this one is called To Drown a Crow. (sighs) 
I followed him to the jail, but the bars of justice were too weak to hold him, and they dissolved under the weight of he said, she said. He slipped through, dripped through, like ooze, like slime, like the slippery dicks who say we're always asking for it anyway. Later, I put a dead crow on the windshield of his car, parked in front of my house, a big beater of a thing, all rims and misplaced testosterone. He was my neighbor, after all. And after all that, he still couldn't keep that rusty bumper from crossing over into my space. An invader of space, that's what he was, believing his big jutting things could and should and would assert themselves on other people's property. The crow had drowned in the bucket of stagnant water around the pony keg in my backyard, the same water that used to be ice around the same keg from the same party I threw Saturday night, where that same neighbor had once been a guest, had once returned later, all alone, after drowning himself in a different bucket, a bucket of Budweiser's and probably Crown and Coke, and broke into my house, then my bedroom, then my passive, passed out personal space. I guess the water had got stagnant from all that slime, from two weak bars, from closed down bars, from badly parked cars, until I just wasn't able to clean up the mess from that party, until the pony keg and its bucket of melted ice stayed in the yard for a bit too long. How long, I don't really know, but it was long enough to drown a crow. So this is a poem that was kind of born out of some of the shame stories that continue to bubble up in almost a physical way in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, that, that was from something that happened almost 20 years ago. But um, you in know, your sobriety, I, you're bringing it light and you're bringing yeah. meaning to yourself and like acknowledgement and then validation. Yeah. Of yourself. Yeah. And, you know, because at the time when that happened um, and I actually went and got a lawyer, uh, they didn't go forward with the case because I was drunk. I mean, I, I, in the, in the poem, when it said my passive passed out personal space, it was kind of a nod to like that right there. Like you're being passive. So yep. it, silence is approval. Yep. Yep. But I was passed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unconscious. Uh-huh. 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 And so that's one of the poems in your book, To Drown a Crow. I, the symbolism is amazing. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, so- yeah, and, and that right there, I mean, that right there is the amazing stuff that comes out of personal transformation is that you can take something that was so dark and so painful. Yes. And I mean, that is my favorite poem. It's I'm shaking right now, like having read it, it still makes me shake. Like it, yeah. it creates this visceral feeling to me, but I love that poem so much because, um, when I put that out there publicly, um, so many women came forth, Yeah, you know, it's like the me too's, you know, like yeah. so many women came forth and could relate to that and said things like, you know, there something happened to them and they'd never been able to talk about it or, yep. you know, people didn't believe them or. Mm-hmm. 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 And I feel like you, you were really able to, to conjure it. 
you know, I feel like it's your, your writing is so you have such a gifted way, you know, that we, we saw the car, we saw the crow and that's the beauty of sobriety is you, you find meaning, you find symbolism, you pick yourself up and then other people, you're shining a light for them in so many ways. Um, Okay. So this book is full of poetry and it basically like kind of outlines your, your journey. Yeah. It's a story of transformation. So alchemy, um, I, I used to be a science teacher Okay, and I, you know, and I also love unicorns as I mentioned. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, like part science, part mystical, which is Mm -hmm. alchemy, right? Alchemy was the precursor to chemistry, but yet it was all based on magic and faith. And so I think that that's so true about our personal journeys is that, you know, there's just, there's a lot of just sparkle and magic that pops up as we begin to change ourselves. And so I used the whole, like the metaphor of alchemy for the book to talk about how I was the, you know, the sludge that the beginning, the raw material, the gray old rock <laughs> drowned in a submerged in liquid poison. and yeah, have poison. Exactly. And, um, through the process of alchemy, there's a, there's a drawing out of impurities. It's a, it's called separation. So, um, there's a point where the impurities are removed and then you look at what's left and then it begins to transform. And so there's a part of my, there, uh, the third stage of alchemy in my book is called fermentation. And that's the addition of new life to the transforming substance. And so in alchemy, it's bacteria, you know, they add bacteria. And, and for me, it's the addition of my children, the birth of my children and how that becoming a mother was a huge catalyst in um, my changing self. Of course, not immediately, not, not immediately. I know. Um, I was two and four, or my kids were two and four when I finally quit. But, um, but I think becoming a parent like really truly changes who you are as a person. Yeah. And like uh, on and a cellular on a cellular on a, level. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Because <laughs> like yeah. I tell my kids, I'm like I can't stand it when you whine because when you whine when you go, uh, every cell in my body. help her yeah and when it's over something (laughs) meaningless it's exhausting for me yeah and so my entire my entire chemistry is attuned to every sound you make right yeah right and and you know we often drown that or we numb all that sometimes that can be so much that we numb all that because it's it's overstimulating. Oh, right? It's exhausting. Yeah. And we go, mommy needs a juice box. Yeah. Right. And our world tells us that that's the tool. That's the tool uh, you're supposed to use. Mom is here's a big bottle of wine and gin and whatever. Oh, else. Absolutely. The pediatrician told me, she's like, just drink wine with your friends. It will get easier. <laughs> yeah. Thanks doctor. Yeah. Here I am. Um, okay. <laughs> so your book, do you want to just give us kind of a I really want to talk about the way that you kind of came to be an Annie Grace coach. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm a thorough person. I used to be a teacher. I kind of want not a summary of the book, but just sort of a portrait of the book. Oh, <laughs> portrait. Well, um, so yeah, I mean, it starts out rough. My parents, for example, like they don't like the first part of the book because it's, it's dark. It's the darkness. Yeah. 
but then the change begins to take place. But I think change isn't linear and, um, and it's not always pretty. So even as, even as in the book, I begin to transform, you know, there's still, there's these parts where it's like, ah, and then there's beauty and then there's, ah, there's beauty. And, um, you know, and then by the end of the book, the, the process of alchemy results in like the stone of knowledge or the philosopher's stone or the Phoenix. Like those are all the alchemical, alchemical images. And so by the end of the book, you know, here I am in present moment, but you know, life's still hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're still trying to figure everything out. Yeah. And, you know, just cause you take away the alcohol doesn't mean that then you don't have any problems for sure, but you can manage so, it a lot better you can manage them a lot better and, you know, and there's joy and pain and without, without the numbing of it all, you can experience all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And that's life. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's and so that's, I feel like that's where I, that's where I end it. It's uh-huh. just like, it's life. Here we yeah. are. Yeah. Like there's magic, but like, it's still raining outside. Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't know what I'm going to make for dinner. <laughs> right. Right. And people um, die. Um, yeah. you know, there's there, my father-in-law passed away this past year. Um, and so for my husband, that was really, really challenging. Yeah. And I write about that in the book, mm-hmm. you know, that there's mm-hmm. death, but we dealt with the death as sober people. Yeah. So and, when I hear a book of poems, I usually, to me, when I approach a book of poems, I I kind of approach it like a tarot card would, a tarot reader would. I just yeah, sort yeah. of flip it open and go, let's see what this one, you know, how it meets me in my moment. But it yeah. sounds like yours has a chronological nature to it. Would you say that? It, yes, it definitely does. But see, I approach books of poems the same way you do, really. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I do, I feel like the universe is going to tell me which poem I need to read right now. So I like open the book up. Yeah. yeah and then I think about my life, um, right. but this is kind of a cover to cover first net first, next, then finally. Or- sure. Maybe, but you know what? There is no right way or wrong way to approach any artwork. And I think poetry is oh. the same way. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And if because you're at a place you- in your, any place that you are in your sobriety, um, yeah. you crack, crack open that book and it's like, wow, I just opened to the end and there's sparkle here. There's, there's something, there's light at the end of the tunnel or, yeah. you know, you open to the beginning and you go, maybe I need to re-examine the things I've been shoving down, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or looking at it and realizing like, Pat, I'm not alone. Like somebody else mm-hmm. felt that way too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, um, her book is Unexpected Alchemy. It's Poems of Addiction and Awakening. It's available on Amazon. And um, let's talk about how you became, let's talk about your Annie Grace. Let's talk about the Annie Grace connection. Yeah, because it was really, it's really interesting. I love this naked mind, changed my life. You know, I mean, I know that you're a big fan, but it it set me free. It absolutely set me free. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I tell everybody I know, you got to read this book. You got to read this naked mind. You got to read Annie Grace. Well, um, my aunt has been a heavy drinker for longer than I was alive. Yep. And I, you know, I've mentioned this to her. Apparently she must've been reading my blog and nobody knew. So she messages me last January, a year ago. Okay. She's like, Hey, I've been doing this Annie Grace dry January thing. And, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I was like, wow, really? Like, holy cow. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but she's the one who told me that they were having these open interviews for coaches. Oh, can I pause for a second? Yeah. Isn't it amazing that we find that inspiration and that growth in the strangest places, the places we would least likely think to find them? Like your yeah. aunt with uh-huh. the drinking problem is like, hey, girl, I was on your thing yeah. and I found uh, that's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, because I, I never would have known about the whole coaching thing. I would have never known about it if, except that she sent me this random email. Okay. So they were doing open interviews, accepting, say it one more time. Yeah. For new coaches. So she now, uh, this didn't exist back when I was in 2018, she didn't have all these coaches. She had just written a book and now, um, so she trains every year. She has a class, uh, through this naked mind Institute where she trains people of all walks of life to become, coaches to help other people through their recovery journey using the methodology of this yep. naked mind. Yep. So all the, the rewiring of your neural transmitters and the digging down into your beliefs and thoughts and just unearthing everything that, that you didn't know was there driving your behavior, yep. like shining those lights inside the crevices of all the, you know, the, the stuff that we just do subconsciously yep. without even without even knowing that's why. Yeah. I know. I I talked to Drifter uh, about Annie Grace and um, there's an analogy of a man riding an elephant. Have you heard this? Yes. Okay. It's it's in the coddling of the American mind is where I got the book and uh, or the concept, but it's your elephant. There's you're a guy riding an elephant and your conscious mind is the guy and Uh your subconscious mind is the elephant. Yeah. And if ever there were a battle of wills, the elephant's right. always going to win. Right. And it's about right. getting that. down to that elephant and feeding it healthy things and bringing it to healthy places so that you can work in harmony as a team. Because pretty much everybody out there is mm-hmm. just asleep on the back of their elephant. Yeah. They have no idea they're riding an elephant. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. They're just checked out. The elephant's just taking them where all the places they need to go. Okay. Yeah. So what was, do you want to, what do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about how the certification was? I want to, well, actually I, I'm going to retract that question. I okay. want to ask you, <laughs> I, here's all the things I want to know. I want to know what was the certification process like? What was the training process like? And then what is it that you do? What would you say you do here, you know, on the daily with, as a, as an Annie Grace coach? Okay. Well, let's start at the beginning. So the certification process, it was six months of, training. And so we had these weekly, uh, modules We had this huge book, this huge binder and these weekly modules. And then we met on zoom and we were trained by their head coaches there at the snake mind. Um, and we had to practice all the time. There was all like practicum hours we had to put in where we were coaching each other and then yep. being coached by each other and yep. then, uh, going through and, and teaching tactics. So we had to log all these video lessons and stuff, um, really learning the content inside and out. And then, um, and then she was helping us build this repertoire of questioning tactics and techniques in order to help people see that their blind spots and, you know, face the stuff that other people can see about you, but you can't see about yourself. Yeah. Which I think is, I mean, that's really the beauty of the coach and 
you know, I wish I would have had something like this way back when I was, when I started, cause I feel like it would have, um, rocketed my personal growth journey, like just sped it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're doing it on your own, you kind of have to like, like you write in your journal and then you read it again. And then you're like, man, I know there's something I'm missing about myself, but I don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just keep going along, looking for clues, go on. Along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reading your interactions with other people. Right. Okay, cool. Questions to help people see their blind spots. That's, yeah. that's the big one. Right. Yeah. And then see the things that others see in you that you can't see yourself. Yep. Right. The patterns that become apparent to other people. And, you know, and the thing about the coaching that the beauty of it is like, I could tell somebody something all day long. Like mm-hmm. I could tell you what you're doing wrong. I could tell you where you need to make changes, but that just bounces off of people. You know, yeah. it's like, I mean, you were a teacher. I was a teacher too. And okay. it's very similar to teaching. Yeah. Like you can talk at kids and talk at kids and they're like staring at the wall. But if you get, if you start asking them the right questions yeah. and then they start coming to the, their own conclusions, uh-huh. bam, that stuff sticks. Like yep. now they've really learned the material. And it's the same thing with people when they're trying to learn about themselves For is sure. that it's like the question asking to get people to, to turn their eyes inward and really go, Oh, that's what that is. That's what I'm doing and feel it for themselves. Yeah. Cause that's the only way that anyone can get sober is of their own volition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it doesn't last. I mean, yeah. it's like that it's, you know, that white knuckle willpower mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. only can last so long. Yeah. And then you feel like I've been depriving myself too long. Something happens. Oh, I deserve this drink and bam, there oh, we are. Elephant takes over. Yeah. Um, okay. And so how do you apply this coaching? Where do you use it? Do you, you, you have your own LLC? Yeah. Yeah. So she's awesome in so many ways, but one of the main things that I love about her is as a businesswoman, Mm -hmm. her goal is not to create like a bunch of mini Annie graces running around, Yeah, but to help us as, as her trained coaches to go off on our own. Because she says, she's like, you know, I can only reach certain people. Like not everybody in the world is going to resonate with her personally, (gasps) but they might resonate with this guy over here who is, you know, a Buddhist yoga instructor. Uh-huh. And so, so by training us in her methodology, then she like, like, I'm not a franchise. None of us are franchises. Right. We're not beholden to her in any way. So we're able to take our own or take the stuff that we learn and then create our own business, our own brand, our own way of, our own way of giving back to the world. Wow. And it, like, it's so, it's so beautiful and it's so selfless and it's yes. so, but but like that takes so people, much bravery for her yes, to not go, yes. but this is mine. And this is the way exactly. I want it. Don't make exactly. sure that you're not, because that's my brand. You're using my name. So I make sure right. you represent me. And she's like, I right. trust you. I trust or you're my competitor. You. There's no competition. It's just like, you know, people need, they need help getting sober, no matter who it comes from or how they get it or what kind of help it is. They need help. So let's create as many people out there that can offer this help in as many different ways as possible, hoping that, you know, people get better. Yeah. Yeah. She's it's beautiful. To the cause. She's committed yes. to the cause, yes. not to herself, not to her personal gain. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you, 
how often do you see you people call you and they go, Hey, I think I need to quit drinking. And you meet with them kind of the way a therapist would. Yeah, I do a lot of zoom calls so I can meet with people anywhere, especially now with COVID and people are, people love to do zoom calls so that they can sit in their pajamas on their couch and, uh-huh. and uh, Get you know, we could talk. So yeah, I do. Um, I, I made people commit to a 12 week program. Good for you. So I, I want people to, to have skin in the game. Yep. I want people to be able to take it from that first moment, like all the way through, you know, and I still don't even think 12 weeks is long enough, but that's where uh-huh. I'm starting. Cause I'm just starting off, you know, Yeah. but, uh, it's alcohol taking alcohol away. is like draining the ocean. And you can remove the substance. You take all the water out of the ocean and now you got the shipwrecks and you've got the oil spills and you've got all this other shit that you have to like uh-huh. deal with. And that and, like sad dying coral that you need to kind of nurture yes, and cultivate so that it can coral. come back to life. Yeah. And like sharks flopping around and, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and so that's the stuff that then, okay, now how do I deal with all these things without that one tool that I'd been using my whole life, alcohol. And so that's where, um, I think that that next layer of coaching and, and help and guidance and tactics and techniques can really help people. Cause so many times I feel like people don't even know what's under their ocean. Nope. Like, no, which brings us back to when you were getting up in the middle of the night and writing down your shame stories, Yeah, because that's the first way yeah. that we can ever deal with anything is if we take a fucking look at it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can't clean it up if you don't know it's there. Yeah. That's so powerful. Um, great. So you're meeting people and then people just kind of come to you and say, I want to quit drinking. I just quit drinking. I'm a year in and I haven't found any magic yet. What kind of people? You know, I get a lot of people who are sober curious. And this is the other thing I love about the whole, this naked mind, Annie Grace methodology is it doesn't have to be this all or nothing immediate. Like you don't have to immediately say, I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life. Because that to me, that was terrifying for me. I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is not in my story. Mm -hmm. And so I get a lot of people that come to me and say, you know, I'd really just like to drink like one glass of wine on Saturday night with a certain friend. But then other than that, I don't want to drink anything. You know, they have these, I mean, it's almost kind of like, you know, I hear that and I go, uh-huh, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, so people tell you that? Like, and you believe Oh, it? yeah, like, absolutely. Like they, because they just want to try to save face with you or with themselves. Oh, they're scared. They're yeah. terrified. I mean, I remember that feeling when I, when I thought I needed to quit drinking, finally, when I finally like admitted it to myself, mm-hmm. the idea of never touching alcohol again was the scariest most horrifying thought, like what on earth would I do without it? Who would would I be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if I can't go to a wine tasting ever again, I'm Mm -hmm. what's life's not worth living. Yep. So I couldn't think that, I mean, I just couldn't, that would have, that would have derailed everything. And I wouldn't have even, I would have just kept drinking. So that's, um, I, the, the idea of being able to hold a compassionate space for people to say, okay, sure. We can work on coaching you to this point. Yeah. Because it enables them to step into the arena yeah. and like take that first step mm-hmm. without with this, open eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And without that shame of like, okay, oh, you did go and have a drink Saturday night. You failed back to back the beginning. To square one. Shame, shame, yep. shame. Yep. You know, there's none of that. It's the mm-hmm. the 
the data point. Oh, that was a data point. Yep. Let's take a look at it. What did you learn? Did it, did you achieve what you had hoped to achieve with that glass of wine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that's where people really start to be able to look inward and see what, what it is they're trying to fix by pouring liquor on it. My girl, Elaine with the sober baddies, she goes, I just realized I've tried Chardonnay. I've had all the Chardonnay for all the situations and the result is always the same. And so (laughs) I think I'm going to just gut this one out and see what happens if I don't solve it with Chardonnay. Yeah. And yeah. And then, and then I got to feel my emotions. And so now I got to sit there. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to this podcast and I heard something the other day, Karina talked about about the, the wet, soggy emotions, like that, like having to sit there and all of this stuff. And it's just like so deep and so heavy. So I was listening to this the other day and this was after I had written my book and I was like, Oh my God, I know that I wrote a poem about that feeling. Like, Let's share that. Cause I wanted to bring Corinna in when you were like, I believe in unicorns. And when I quit drinking, the unicorns came back because you, you come back to that free, innocent, dreamy place that a child lives where you yeah. go, anything is possible. Everything is beautiful. I'm happy and safe and healthy. And that's one of the things that Karina has talked about is her goal. She's got a picture of her six-year-old self on her refrigerator. And she goes, I need to get back to that mindset, that place, that. And so when you're like, the unicorns came back, I was like, we need to meet Karina. And then you just brought her up. (laughs) Yeah. So do you have a poem about it? Yeah. So let me read this poem because yeah, the unicorns are around, but you know, but sometimes just like little six-year-old girls, they get really super sad about stuff, Yeah. but you know what they do? They sit down and they cry about it mm-hmm. and then they're done. Yep. Anyway, this poem is called Meltdown. Cool. The neighbor's snowman, a misshapen dwarf. Angels follow forgotten mittens into the gutter. Life is heavy when it's wet. How many months of accumulated tears did it take to turn this parking lot into an ocean? My body slumps like so many branches. Wadded tissues pile up around me, mountains of white plowed and scraped off rock bottom. I love it. I like how you did the heavy, wet, and like accumulated tears. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like sometimes you just got to feel it. You just got to feel it. Uh Which is probably one of the hardest parts about getting sober is that Uh you get your feelings back. Yeah. It's the hardest part and the best part. It is. (laughs) It is even the pain. I love it when Anna Lemke was like, be careful not to get addicted to pain. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I kind of want to go into your story now. I want to hear about how we got all these wonderful things, this Annie Grace coaching with soul's truth um, and unexpected alchemy. Like, can we begin at the end and then kind of work our way into like, um, you know, your sobriety story? Yeah. Let's begin at day one. Let's do it. uh, The day I woke up is January 7th, 2018. So um, 
Yeah. So I had actually Happy, uh, made a uh, birthday, by the way. Thank was you. Three days yeah, ago, right? It was three days ago. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I had made a plan in December that I was, I knew I needed to cut back on drinking. So I was like, I'm only going to drink one glass of wine a night and at the most only four at a time. So this was going to be my like new year's resolution so that I didn't get drunk or hungover. Wait, one and, a night uh, or four at a time. What do you mean? Yeah. That I was cutting back. Like that's what I was going to cut back to was four. only one, four drinks at a time. Oh, like, okay. Like I couldn't go over more than four glasses of wine in one like evening. Oh, okay, that was going to okay. be, that was my, my limit. That was oh, my box. Like if I was you were try like to going to an event or something. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. A okay, special okay. occasion. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I moderate. made it good plan. Yeah. I was totally going to moderate. I made yeah. it through new year's Eve. I moderated. I don't know what happened. It was January 6th. I had a bad day with the kids. I don't know what it was. My husband and I cracked open a bottle of wine. I was only going to have one glass, but then I had two and then I had three. And then I woke up the next morning, uh, in my bed covered in my own piss, head pounding, just like totally completely wasted hungover. I don't know how many I had actually had that night, but um, yeah, I woke up that morning and uh, realized that maybe moderation is not working. Awesome. So that was the day. That was the first time I finally admitted to myself that I may be an alcoholic and I should probably not drink at all. And how did that feel? Oh, humbling, uh-huh. uh, horrifying. But there was this tiny piece of me that was like incredibly relieved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because don't you, wouldn't you say that we sort of battle, you know, everybody Googles, am I an alcoholic? How much you have to drink in order to be an alcoholic? What's an alcoholic? Am I, am I, am I? And once you quit dancing on that line and you go, yeah, I'm on this side of that line. And now there's this path of options and solutions and choices for you to make that you're kind of free of like the, am I, am I not? Well, what if I, how about, well, when I don't do that, then that, you know, it's like, I just am. So what does that look like? Yeah. And I had the thought, I remember having this thought of, I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't have to wake up this way anymore. Yeah. I mean, I pulled the sheets off my bed again you know, Uh threw them in the laundry. Shame, shame. I mean, how much shame is that? I was a 41 year old woman wetting the bed. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. With kids, with kids. uh My kids were two and four and they were in the next room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you decided. I decided, I decided. And, and, and you just sort of went for it. You didn't, you didn't. Well, what had happened was Oh, well, I don't believe in that word. First of all, I don't believe in that word, but, um, I, I, I picked up my phone and looked at Facebook, like, like you do in the morning when you're addicted to social media. Uh The very first thing I saw was that an old friend of mine from high school who we used to party and drink together had posted. This is my five-year sobriety date. That was the very first thing I saw that morning. And, um, I was like, wow. Okay. Universe. Yeah. I was like, this is a sign. So I, I messaged him. I, my hands were shaking. I like had my phone, my hands were shaking and I was like, okay, I'm going to message him and I'm going to say something and that's going to make it real. Yeah. And I did. I, I typed in, I was like, I think I need to quit drinking. 
And he immediately got back to me and we had started this back and forth. And that's the thing that solidified that decision that day. Because you had one person in your corner who was saying sobriety is real. You are real. Yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. And I mean, this guy lived across the United States from me. Like I hadn't seen him in years. Right. A Facebook friend. <laughs> so I yeah. not really know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Okay. And then. And that's when I picked get... up the book. The Snake Annie of Mine. Grace. Okay. Yeah. You, how'd you find out about the book? Um, I did a bunch of Google searches on self-help book, how to quit. I Googled actually how to quit drinking without AA is what I Googled. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I knew that, um, AA didn't resonate with me for various reasons. And, yeah. um, and that was the book that came up. And so I ordered it, ordered it and read it and, <laughs> and it got, it had you hook, line and sinker. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. Yeah. I read it and I was like, I didn't really know how long I was quitting drinking. I was just like, I'm just going to check. I'm just going right. to, I need to not be drinking right now. And I right. read that book and I was like, I don't think I'm going to go back. Yeah. Like I, I felt like a switch had been flipped in my mind. It was, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you drink again or are you like yes. sunshine sober? Okay. Where, Absolutely. How did do you guys, do you want to even talk about that? Um, uh, it's like opening a can of worms, but I will say this. Yeah, because I don't believe in the word relapse. I, okay. I'm, I'm a true believer in data point. You know, I'm a uh-huh. scientist and I love data. Yeah. And I think that it helps us to um, solidify what we think our hypothesis is. So if my yeah. hypothesis is that alcohol doesn't serve me yeah. and I go out and I collect some more data, what I did, uh, it was like three months into my sobriety and I went to go visit a friend, um, an old friend, another old friend, yeah. my old college town. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to take a break from sobriety for this one night. Yep. So I did. I took a break. Got, we bought packs of cigarettes and yeah. tonics. And I mean, the whole shebang. Yeah. Woke up, pounded headache. Da, da, da. And, the, you know, that next day I was like, okay, well, I know I don't want to do that anymore. And that was like. And it made your sobriety stronger. Oh my God. Yeah, it did. And I, it was a really conscious choice. Yep. I, and I know that not everybody agrees with that and that that's not for everybody. And, but that worked for me. Mm-hmm. It worked for me and it helped me absolutely mm-hmm. see, you know what? I've done that for so many years of my life. Like yeah. I don't need to do that anymore. I already yeah. know what that's like. Wouldn't it be interesting to see what life is like when I'm not drinking? Like that's new. That's something new. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, do you want to talk about like how bad it was your drinking days? Like, yeah, I, why, yeah, why? I think, uh, you know, and I've, I've heard this talked about lots of places before about that. There's always a lower rock bottom, you know, mm-hmm. I mean that that term rock bottom isn't necessarily when people quit. So that night for me where I, you know, I got drunk and I wasn't going to, and I woke up in the pee and all that. I mean, that wasn't the worst night of my drinking by any stretch of the imagination. Totally. You know, there were times when I was younger. Um, I mean, I had a DUI when I was 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, I blew a 0.23, which okay. if you know anything about DUIs. That's like yeah. borderline unconscious. Uh-huh. Um, I was wearing a pink wig and like I had been out the bar and I ran into a parked car I, you know, just, Ugh. yeah, just a you know, whole mess. Um, you know, there were times where I woke up in places that I, I didn't know where I was or how I'd gotten there. 
Yeah. Uh, I spent much of my thirties in a very horrible relationship with a narcissist uh-huh. and I stayed with him because I was drinking so much and he was like my enabler. Yeah. Like he was almost like my dealer for sure in a way. Just um, to keep you in that cage so he could control you. Exactly. It and, kept you and, malleable. And I kept giving myself, I just kept giving yeah. myself and giving of myself. Of course, because you weren't worth it. Oh, my you self-esteem were, was, yeah. yeah, I was in the pits. So you're pits. like, what's that? There's a song now where she's like, I ruined myself for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the stories could go on and on. And some of them are in the, some of them are in the book. Um, cool. Okay. I, I just, I love, I love being in the sober circle because this is where all the cool kids are at. And <laughs> this is, this is where yeah. we know beauty because we know pain and we yeah. know what the depths of it are. Um, can I talk really quick? I just thought, I love the way Annie Grace spends special time to outline that alcohol is an addictive substance. Yes. And that like, yeah, you're a drinker, but like our society puts so much shame and ownership on the drinker when what we really need to do is hold alcohol accountable um, yeah. for its part. Can you talk about that really quick? Because just all of your stories and your shame and the DUI and all of that, it's like. Yeah, I am very fond of saying I used to be an alcoholic, but I'm not anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah, because I, it's that very thing. It's not me. I mean, sure, it was me. I was making those choices, but it was the alcohol that was causing that version of me to be that way. And so when I took the alcohol away, like now I'm the true version of me. Now I'm the true powerful version of me. For sure. And um, I think that's like the ownership, the alcohol, like Annie Grace likes saying, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Boom. So when you make the choice to take alcohol out, then you're taking back your responsibility and you're taking back your power. Yes. You're breaking and, the spell. Yeah. And that's like the whole um, motive behind my business, Soul's Truth Coaching. It's empowerment coaching. I don't want to call myself a recovery coach. Mm-hmm. I, I want to call myself an empowerment coach because I believe there's a place in, in your recovery journey where you can say, you know what, I am no longer recovering. I'm recovered. Yeah. And now I'm discovering. Yes. Yes. I sometimes talk about how recovery, you think like recovering, it's like when you're recovering from an illness, you're getting better. You're, you used to be sick, but you're getting better. Uh But the term is also used for like finding, like I recovered my lost keys. And so if you have recovered your authentic self, you, you have found yourself. And now that's the material, the medium with which you're working. Yeah, exactly. Recovered. And I don't know, we don't maybe. have to be in this constant state of like not yet well enough. Yes. Oh, let's put an exclamation point after that. <laughs> That's it. the tweet. That's the yeah. tweet, people. Yeah, yeah. What was it? I can't Hashtag even remember. Hashtag that. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag whatever I just said. Yeah. Um. Okay. So should we dive into some alchemy? 
and maybe a little yeah. bit of poetry. And yeah, let's. That's a great segue to like right the recovered self. Mm-hmm. Let's let's yeah. like and now the sparkle yeah. <laughs> filter goes on. It's not a filter. It's actually the the glum filter comes off, and the actual sparkle is shining through. It's like the Wizard yeah. of Oz when the color is all there. Yeah. So let's talk about um a little bit more about alchemy and maybe some poetry about like the gifts of sobriety and this on uh, being on this side of it. Yeah. Um, so there's a poem I want to read um, because we've talked about parenting and stuff. We've touched on it a little bit. And I know, I know that I'm sure you feel the same way. So you take alcohol out and all of a sudden being a parent isn't like this chore that you have to get through in order to get to the next bottle of wine. But instead it's like this amazing thing that you get to explore and do and be a part of. And what's well, a prestigious awareness. Honor that you've been, it's an honor that you have been endowed and it's like up to you. There's beauty every moment. And for you to squat down and watch a ladybug crawl across the sidewalk, that is all the wonder of the world. And you're invited to it. And even when they piss you off, it's a gift because Mm -hmm. that's showing you where you still need to do some work. Like mm-hmm. when they start poking at your buttons and you realize like, oh man, they're really mm-hmm. like getting me. Maybe I need to yeah. check out why. But I think, um, well, I want to read this poem. Okay. Uh, it's called Daughter. And, and when I was able to start doing bedtime from a sober place rather than from a place of either numbness or um, annoyance, yep. it changed the way I was able to see my children. And so I wrote this poem, Daughter. Before you rose like a purple cherub from my womb, before you fluttered your butterfly wings in my stomach, before the kiss of your imagined existence settled itself inside the chalk of my bones, before you waited ephemeral and ancient, a pause in the company of star stuff, We've met before in a meadow, under a mushroom, on a dust moat, through a sunbeam, in the space between electrons, under the crook of an arm of a galaxy, behind the pupil of an eye, in the crater of a hawk moon. I love it. Are you choking us? It's so beautiful because... Like in sobriety, you get to spend time with your daughter under a mushroom. Yes. Because they yes. they see things and she goes, that must be a fairy waterfall, you know? And you get to see it with her instead of going, okay, honey, come on, hurry up, we're late. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. And she gets to experience the mom that stops and looks at the mushroom instead of the mom that's always telling her that she's irritating her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because because the mom has an addiction that's that's driving her that's that's taken over her body it's like it's like the Coraline you know it's like the other mother oh yeah oh that just gave me a shudder yeah that was beautiful and I love that that kind of was born from like your bedtime routine because that's kind of where you read fairy tales and go places and, and really get to know their day and get to know, mm-hmm. you know, the, their, 
their take on their day and you get to understand their life and you get to know them and you realize I've known you in the crook of a galaxy. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, Okay. Gifts of sobriety, parenting. Boom. (laughs) Yeah. Big one. Yeah. What else do you have? Anything else you want to share? Yeah. I do. I want to just, um, there's a theme about mornings in this book. Um, it's how I talk about the very first poem talks about waking up in a hallway. Um, and then there's a poem later in the book called sunrise 2021. Mm-hmm. And it goes, when I was drinking, the sun rose like a fresh wound. I had to triage mm-hmm. a constant state of starting over walking the wrong way up an escalator this morning. The sunrise is a rainbow Easter egg. Its colors catch my eye as I walk past my window on my way to somewhere else. There's always something, pour milk, pick up socks, feed cats. But today I stop, captivated, to sit and watch it do what sunrises do. Unlike me, it is in no hurry. Yet somehow before my eyes, the rainbow has melted into everyday sky colors. I smile at its slyness, this momentary magical gift, my secret treasure. Yes. That's something that only the sober know. Yeah. Yeah. Morning. Only the sober know. You can't, I, you can't fake that. No. And I had forgotten about mornings. Like I remember that, the in sobriety, that first time I was just like, so struck by a morning, like I almost fell over. I had to stop myself in my tracks. I was like, holy shit, mornings. <laughs> Whoa, they exist. They're, They're so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a gift because it's like another day. What yeah. what awaits me? What gifts? What bows for me to untie? Yeah. And I don't hurt anymore. Like I'm yeah. waking up in pain and and fog and regret and Mm-hmm. Yeah. And regret. Yeah, it's and such regret. a simple thing, mornings, really. And but I think they're children, one of the biggest gifts. Back to parenting, like it's uh-huh. just such a great, it's a beautiful thing. It's like every morning feels like Christmas morning when you're when you're there, you know, in the right mindset. Yeah. yeah. Usually, I don't know. My son always wakes up kind of grumpy. So uh, but if I'm happy, I can sometimes ungrumpy him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Dude. You don't, you don't understand how awesome it is to be here in this house with sober mom and dad. Oh yeah. You (laughs) just start telling them a story and they just, for sure. Um, what other gifts of sobriety do you, do you find? Uh, you know, the book itself is, is amazing. I've always wanted to write a book since I was a little tiny kid. It was a, it was a childhood dream. And, um, you know, for most of my life, I just dismissed that as something that would never happen. I mean, I would never be able to get my shit together enough to like create yeah. something. Yeah. That's something only they do. Exactly. Those people. Uh-huh. But, um, but I did like, I did it and I, I put it together and I published it. I even hired an editor. It was like a, like a big girl grown up thing to do. Yes. And, um, you know, and I, and I, and I love it. Like, I, I love it. It's like my third child. <laughs> For sure. Well, it's beautiful. Thank you. It's beautiful. You. And it's, it sounds like it's already, 
you know, every, every, what is that? Like every action has an equal and opposite reaction. I don't know if that's what I want to say right now, but it's already yes, affecting yes it change. Science teacher, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's already, you're already like, it's a drop in a pond and you think it's just one. Oh, it's just little old me. I finally did my little goal. Yeah. But the yeah. ripples are going out into the world and people's lives are changing. I hope so. I mean, I want people to realize that that they deserve joy and that it's entirely possible to change. I I think that's like my biggest message and takeaway is that for people that are sitting there like in the muck, mm-hmm. like in the shit, mm-hmm. um, there there is another side of it and it's entirely possible. And and that you deserve it. Everybody deserves it. Everybody deserves to wake up to a rainbow Easter egg sunrise. Everybody. And everybody can. Change is possible. Yeah. That's like a really powerful point. Should we end on that? Is there anything else you want to add? I could talk to you, Sarah, for hours. So let's end on that. And then like someday in the future, let's talk again. Let How's us, let us. Okay. So, um, sober town, I've been talking to sky Nicholson. She's the author of the book, unexpected alchemy poems of addiction and awakening. It's available on Amazon. Um, you can also find her at souls truth coaching and she's available everywhere because she does zoom. <laughs> Sky, it's been so amazing sharing this hour with you. Thank you Same. so much. Is there anything else you want to add? Gosh, I don't think we should go out on me. <laughs> no, I appreciate this so much. I'm so, I love what you guys are doing with Sobertown. Um, I just, I think that everybody that is in the sober community, no matter how you got here and what methods and paths you're taking, like we all just have to connect and support each other because mm-hmm. life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Thank you so much, Sky. Thanks for being with me. And um, Sobertown, remember, pour the poison down the sink, get on that sober train and ride. <laughs>